1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: The resurrection took it away. Took it away. It took the death away. The power of the death. It took the triumph the victory of the grave away. That's the great triumph of the resurrection over death and over the grave. And then the resurrection brings us great hope, great hope, a hope that's called a living hope, not a dead hope, a living hope. 1 Peter 1.3, 1 Peter 1.3, blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead we look when we look at at our at our bodies we you know we're all in we're all in a in a spectrum of various stages of deterioration we're all a, we're all we're all at a certain points of health degradation that's that's the history of our lives if you haven't realize that yet. Just wait a little bit. You'll see it. And when we look at the deteriorating condition of our bodies, we say, where's the hope in this? And the answer is the resurrection. The resurrection gives us hope. Why? Because of Philippians 3.20. Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself Romans 8:18 8, Romans 8:18 8, says I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us This is the this is the hope of the resurrection the resurrection is a hope that we will be taken out of this body of death, as it's called, this body of death. It's a hope. I just can't help to think about that and think about my friend Temeskin, Ethiopian boy, who was raised one mountain over from where our company has a facility in Buddhist Europe. And in Ethiopia, there are, Cities are, they're either so-called Christian, Orthodox Christianity, or they're Muslim, Islamic, or they're animist. Our city is, is, is Muslim. Our city is Muslim. The, over the hill where Temeskin lived was an animist. His, his, his uncle was the witch doctor, as a matter of fact, for the, for the village. And uh, Temeskin watched a lot of death. He watched all of his brothers and sisters die. He watched his father die. And all was left was his mother and his sister, Kibu. And they lived in a mud hut, and a, 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 a lady, an old lady, very short lady. M- many ladies are short in Ethiopia. Not everybody's tall, some are short. Anyway, so she came, and she couldn't read, but she had a Bible. Big Bible, this giant Bible. Strapped to her back like a backpack. And she came, and and she she explained the gospel uh, to the to the people there using the pictures in the Bible. She couldn't read it. And there was a 24-year-old woman in a hut next to Temeskin's, and she was dying. She was dying. And everybody heard her, because the lady came, cry out to Jesus, Jesus, save me! She cried out, and God healed her, and she was healed. And that so impressed Temeskin and his mother that and sister, that they decided that they would become Christians also. So they be, they believed on the Lord Jesus. And they wanted to then go to church every Sunday morning. But the witch doctor, their uncle, didn't want them going to church. So he would say, you can't go to church. And then they went to church and he would get up early in the morning and he would sit in their, uh, their mud hut door and he would beat them if they tried to come out you know, on Sunday. Well, they got up earlier and they went to church. And... Uh but then Tomeskin's right leg started to go, get larger and larger and larger. And they realized that he had to go to the hospital. They didn't have any money, so they had one goat, they sold a goat, and they went to Addis, the capital. And uh, when they got there, the, um, they went to the general hospital in Addis. in the general hospital, they said to him, you have cancer, you have osteosarcoma, you have cancer in your right leg, and you're gonna die. And we only have two orthopedic surgeons to, to, for the amputation here in all of Ethiopia for 85 million people at that time. And uh, they're booked up for nine months, so they can't, take your, they can't cut your leg off. So uh, would you just go back to uh, your, your village and die there because it's very expensive for us to transport dead bodies back. So everybody was crying and crying, but Tumeskin had a peace. He believed in Jesus, and he knew everything was going to be okay. Their cousin came from Addis and told him and said, I know of a hospital where they'll take people like you, the Mother Teresa Hospital, the Mother Teresa Hospital in and C. Tequilo, and, and where I've been, and they, they have over this hospital, can you imagine this welcoming site, for the sick and dying, it says. So they go in there, and uh, he, he, there's about 2,500 people. There's not beds for 2,500 people. They're, they're sleeping all over the place. And they go up to the ward for the children, where there's about 40 children, they all have cancer and he's up there, and um, a doctor comes along and says, you know, um, your your leg has to be amputated. I've never amputated a a leg before, but I'll give it a try, he says. So he gives it a try, and and Zvezkin's 12 years old, and he survives, and he's got one leg, gets a best friend who's Mohammed, and uh, he had the same thing, and his left leg was cut off, and so they become best friends, and they start to tell everybody, we can go to the market and buy one pair of shoes. And so <laughs> anyways, he's such a happy little guy. And so my friend, Mary Louise Cohen goes over there and uh, the, the Jewish doctor, Dr. Uh, Rick Hodes is, uh, is their doctor. And he says, you know, I've adopted all as many kids as I can. He's a single guy. He's got like five Ethiopians he's adopted and they're all in my, living in my living room and I'm giving chemotherapy to them. I can't adopt uh, I've adopted Muhammad, but I can't adopt it to Tomeskin. So he comes around the corner then. Mary Louise sees him. He's got this beautiful white smile. Instantly Mary Louise says, we'll adopt him. Her husband looks at him and says, we will? He says, we yeah. So he comes to Washington, D.C., goes to a, a private school in Georgetown where the tuition is $40,000 a year for um, grammar school, and high school rather. And uh, he doesn't speak English and gradually I, he learns to speak English and I get to be friends with him and very close and find out that he's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I told him, I said, uh, to I have to explain something to you? I said, you're living in a Jewish home and the Jews don't believe in Jesus. And with those beautiful eyes, he looks at me and he says, why not? And, um, I said, I don't know. Anyway, we become really good friends and opens up a lot of doors there. And, um, um, but his, uh, cancer gets worse and worse and they took him to every place, you know, St. Jude's and cancer Institute and Georgetown university hospital and so forth. And, and after three years when he was 15, it's very obvious that he's not going to make it. So they, uh, dress up his port as good as he can, makes a last trip back to Ethiopia, whole bunch of people go, emergency room doctors go from the hospital. I go with them and, um, and then he goes back and and he's he's going to die and and so i i i realize that he's kind of looking at me and sort of with those eyes and saying what's it going to be like to die and so um i tell him i said tomescan i said you have to realize your history i said your history you were very very poor and uh, you were so poor that you you were you were very poor and a very rich person came, Mary Louise Cohen, and she adopted you and took you to a place that you had never been to before and you saw things that you never saw before. You saw the ocean, the Ethiopia's landlocked. You saw the ocean. You were so amazed. You got to swim in the ocean. You never saw it before. You saw you 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 saw snow you got to play in the snow i said you 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 did all these you saw things and you did things you never imagined were possible because this rich person came and adopted you i said well Tomaskin. i said because of the resurrection this is just going to repeat itself you think you're rich and you are you're living in a multimillion dollar house in washington dc you're going to this expensive school I said, but you're really very, very poor. We all are very, very poor. And what's going to happen is that someone very, very rich is going to come. His name is Jesus. And he's going to take you, like Mary Louise did, to a place that you've never seen before. And you're going to see things and do things that just, just unimaginable, all because of the resurrection. And that's what happened when he was 15. That's the hope of the resurrection, not a fairy tale not not a nice story not like reading in a they lived, happy, hap, they lived happily ever after but reality the hope of the resurrection now we also see about the resurrection that immediately when the ladies were given were, were told he is risen they were immediately given a command in verse 7 verse 7 he says go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead the command was go tell go tell and the resurrection gives us life guidance of go tell. Go tell others the good news. God, the good news, God has come to earth as a man in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ to open up this way for a man to, to go. You know, just like recently, we've been watching this in the Suez Canal, and there's this, this, there was this ship that blocked the Suez Canal, and as long as that ship was there, nobody passed through the Suez Canal. No ships got through the Suez Canal. Sin in our lives is like that ship. It blocks our way to God, no way to God. And we we can do all the good works that we can think of in the world, and we can't open up the way to God. We can't. And just as that ship was blocking the Suez Canal and had to be removed, the offense of our sin had to be removed in order for for us to come to God. The debt of our sin had to be paid in order for us to come to God. Just the very sight of our sin was so awful, it had to be covered in order for us to come to God. And this is what the death of Christ did. The death of Christ was was the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is what he did. He offered, when he died, the removal of our sin, the payment of our debt, the covering of the sight of our sin, and the resurrection was God the Father's acceptance of Christ's death to remove our sin, to pay the debt of our sin, to cover our sin. The resurrection was the thunderous statement of God the Father. I accept, I accept Christ's offer to remove the offense of our sin, to pay the debt of our sin, to cover our sin. That's what happened on Good Friday. Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday go together because on Good Friday, Christ became the offense of our sin. He removed the sin to open the door for us to come to God. On Resurrection Sunday, God said, I accept that removal. On Good Friday, Christ paid the debt of our sin to free us to come to God. On Resurrection Sunday, God said, I accept that payment. On Good Friday, Christ covered the open sight of the awful open sight of our dirty, rotten sins. He covered it with his blood and and, and so that God could look at us without anger. And on Resurrection Sunday, God said, I accept that covering. Resurrection of Christ gives us this life guidance to go and tell, go and tell the world, go and tell the world what? That Christ's death, to remove our offense to God, to pay the debt of our sin, to cover the sight, and the resurrection of Christ gives the guidance for our life that that we should, from here on out, as it says in Philippians 3.10, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The resurrection of Christ gives us a guidance to know, a guidance to search for, a guidance to discover, a guidance to understand, and a guidance to be impacted by the resurrection, by the power of the resurrection. To know Christ and the power of the resurrection is to know, to know John 11, 25, John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. It is to know that Jesus is our resurrection, it's to be linked to him is to be linked to His resurrection. That makes His resurrection our resurrection. To know Christ and the power of His resurrection is to know Him as our gate to heaven. What one hymn puts it, the life gate. To know Christ and the power of the resurrection is to know, is to know Romans 6:9, Romans 6:9, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more death hath no more dominion over us it doesn't dominate us anymore the power of the resurrection means that we are not dominated anymore by death his resurrection as we're mentioning about saying where is thy sting o death his resurrection is our defiance of death the resurrection is a defiance of death and it enables us to look at death and to look at the grave and to say where is your sting? Where is your victory? And the resurrection of Christ is our life guidance to go tell, to go tell these things that the resurrection is a defiance against death. To know Christ and the power of his resurrection is to know 1 Corinthians 15:20, 1 Corinthians 15:20. Now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead for as in adam all die even so in christ shall all be made alive the power of the resurrection cancels death it cancels death it cancels the death that the first man adam brought into this world the power of the resurrection is our certificate of death cancellation when our father Abraham, when our father adam sinned and brought death into the world, we were given a certificate of death. That said, from sin comes sin. You are the descendant of a sinful father who died, and because of sin, you must die because of sin. And there was nothing that we could do about that. Nothing in ourselves could change that certificate of death that destined us into an eternity of pain and suffering because of sin. No amount of good works that we could ever do could cancel that certificate of death. But the power of the resurrection changed that from 1 Corinthians 15, 21. 1 Corinthians 15, 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For since by man came the certificate of death, so also by man comes the cancellation of that certificate of death, the resurrection became our certificate of the cancellation of death. The resurrection canceled our destiny with an eternal death. The resurrection gave us this life guidance to go tell others about how the resurrection cancels death. To know Christ and to know the power of the resurrection is to know Romans eight thirty four. Romans eight thirty four, who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us to know Christ and the power of the resurrection is to know that he because of the resurrection he's at the right hand of God and what's he doing there he's making intercession for us he's, made, he's praying for us the power of the resurrection has set Christ at the right hand of God God the Father did that it says in Philippians 2.9 Philippians 2.9 God hath, it says, first of all, it says that he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And then it says, wherefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. The power of the resurrection was to set him at the right hand of God so that he would not only pray for us, but also be honored as God. And to know Christ and the power of the resurrection is to know 1 Corinthians 6, 14, 1 Corinthians six fourteen God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. To know Christ and the power of the resurrection is to know the power of this word both. It's to know the power of this word also. It's a, it, because The the power of the resurrection for us is tied up in that word. Also, when the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead, like I said, he became the trailblazer. He became the trailblazer in a place, in a very dark, dark jungle, a jungle where we have no idea where to go. It's a jungle of death. We have no idea. All we can see, we can't see anything, but we see the back of the Lord Jesus, And we say, where is the way out of this jungle? Everywhere I look, all I see is death, 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 death. I don't know the way. But we see the back of the Lord Jesus. And as we're asking for the way out of that jungle of death, the Lord Jesus turns around to us and says, John 14, 6, I am the way. Just follow me. I am the way. 1 Corinthians 6, 14. 1 Corinthians 6, 14. God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power power of the resurrection is a blazed trail out of the jungle of death as a matter of fact when we think about the power of the resurrection three words come right in front of our eyes the power of the resurrection is to constantly think of three words and those three words are from the dead from the dead the resurrection has opened for us the escape from the dead matthew Matthew 28.7, Matthew 28.7, we've been seeing this. Go quickly, tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead. Acts 3.15, Acts 3.15, you killed the prince of life. God raised him from the dead. Acts 4.2, Acts 4, two. taught the people, preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Acts 17.31, Acts 17.31, he's given assurance to all men that he hath raised him from the dead from the dead. Acts 26, 30, 23, 26, 23. Christ should suffer. He should be the first that should rise from the dead. And we can go on and on. Romans 1, 4, by the resurrection, from the dead. Romans 6, 4, Christ was raised from the dead. Romans 6, 13, you are alive from the dead. Romans 8:11, Christ was raised from the dead. And on and on. This is a recurring theme of the resurrection from the dead, from the dead, from the dead. And our life guidance because of the resurrection is to go tell others it's a resurrection from the dead. Happy Resurrection Day. This is a day of great surprise. It's a day of great triumph. It's a day of great hope. And it's a day of great life guidance. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the resurrection of your son and all that that means to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day
1: studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.